0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Church has brought us together today at a very appropriate time. The readings in the church here at this early point in the Sundays after Pentecost have taken us to St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10. The Lord has chosen his disciples, and now he is preparing them to go out on his behalf both last week and this week, have put his words into our ears that are not at all easy to hear. They may even have been heard by his original hearers in ways that made them wonder just what they've gotten themselves into. But what he's doing here is extremely important for them and shows his great compassion and care. He's orienting them to their work, He's setting their expectations for what will likely come their way so that they're not taken completely by surprise when these things happen. My brothers and sisters, my name is Charles Ferry. My claim to fame is having gone to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis the same time as Pastor Edwards. The problem is nobody remembers that I was there because I was there with him. Everybody keeps, oh, that was when Eric Edwards graduated. That was a good class. (laughs) What a wonderful privilege to be with you and among you today, not only as Pastor Edwards' classmate, but as the LCMS Regional Director for all of your church's mission work in Asia. This is a region that stretches all the way from India on the west to Korea and Japan on the north, all the way to Papua New Guinea and down to Australia and New Zealand. And in that role, I'm responsible for all of the programs and the work that your LCMS is doing in that part of the world, for maintaining the relationships with all of the partner churches and organizations in those countries, but most importantly, I'm responsible for all 23 missionaries that you have sent to live and serve in Asia Along with all of their loved ones who accompany them on the field. Your LCMS takes very seriously the care and welfare of the missionaries that you have called and sent into far flung places around the globe, working through the Board for International Mission that you elect at convention. We work hard to ensure that each of the missionaries and their loved ones as the very best that the church can provide for pastoral care, for guidance and support, for resources to get to keep them through when life becomes extra challenging. That's one of the reasons that we've instituted an orientation program of our own, where they spend several weeks in St. Louis before they ever start making preparations for life abroad. The orientation program that your missionaries go through has evolved significantly from when my family and I went through it 10 years ago. It's become much more focused on setting those expectations and for equipping our missionaries for what they will likely face when they're living in places like Indonesia, Taiwan, and Sri Lanka. Now, we can't predict everything, and we can't mitigate all risk, But after sending missionaries out for more than 125 years, your LCMS has been able to smooth out many of the bumps in the road, thanks be to God. In primary place of that is just being honest with people about what they will likely face and making sure that they understand that whatever they go through, they're not going through it alone. The team of people that's been, been assembled in St. Louis will help them with every support and encouragement that they can possibly provide when times get challenging. And they will, because they always do. Now, in a simplistic way, that's what the Lord Jesus is doing for his disciples in our gospel text today from Matthew 10. He's orienting them to what they're going to face. He's setting their expectations as to the opposition that they will surely face when they go out and do their assigned mission work in the world. Now, as pastor read them today, these words are not easy to hear. And I'll admit, they're certainly not what I would have chosen to share with you today on this my first time into your pulpit. Maybe your only time for me in your pulpit. But the Lord does not proclaim for my convenience. And he does not proclaim for our immediate comfort. The Lord cannot lie... And the work is too important for him to be anything but brutally honest. And so he speaks this cold, hard truth to his disciples about what they will face and the effect that their proclamation will have on the world around them. But here's the thing. His words were certainly for the disciples back in the first century, but they're not just for the disciples in the first century. His words are also for all of those disciples who will come down after them, down to the last day. That means that the words in our gospel text today, my brothers and sisters, are also for you as his disciples today. You are also sent out into the world in your vocations. You may not have been called by the board for international mission, but you have been called. Whether you work in your home, in a school, in an office building, or in a vehicle. You have vocations that the Lord has given you, and opportunities to speak his word into the ears of people that desperately need to hear it. In a broad sense, you are also missionaries sent into the world with the word of Jesus on your tongue. So we had all best then pay attention to what the Lord shares with Peter and James and John And with you, time is short, and he doesn't mince words. He has not come to bring peace on earth, but a sword. Well, so much for the Prince of Peace, huh? In truth, our Lord Jesus has purchased our peace with the Father by his suffering, death, and resurrection. But the peace that we've been given with God then puts us at enmity with the devil, the world, and even our own sinful flesh. The world loves to rely on itself and refuses to be dependent on anyone or anything. The devil then entices you to make yourself your own God, to convince those around us that somehow they can save themselves. So when we come along with the message that you are not your own, that you were purchased with a price far beyond silver and gold, that there is a word outside of ourselves that defines reality, there is instant and cold division. And just as Jesus has predicted and promised, people refuse the message. And they turn against the messengers who would dare to proclaim such a foolish, self-denying message. We see this a lot in Asia as the Word is proclaimed, just like you see it here. It's a joy when the Word of God travels through the ears and takes root in the heart. People are set free from this idea that they have no value. They're given a value that's never been given by society. And even when they live in earthly poverty, people suddenly have eternal riches that no one can take from them, given by the grace and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. They no longer have to work out eternity for themselves by somehow performing enough good. And their lives are fundamentally changed. And at some point, that becomes the problem. My family and I have a dear friend in Taiwan who has come over to our house many times for dinner and games. We'll we'll call him Michael for the sake of conversation. He initially agreed some years ago to help us come over and help us with our Chinese studies. He identifies himself as a Christian. We shared a meal, we cleared the table, and we started setting up for our evening devotions, and Michael, to our great delight, decided to stay. After we were done, the little girls went upstairs for bed, and Michael stayed to talk with Cheryl and me. Thankfully, he did it in English. And as we got to know him better, we started asking questions about his experience as a Christian in Taiwan. And Michael admitted to us that although he's been a Christian for 10 years, he's never been baptized. He's had the chance many times, but has always said no, because somehow that makes it public. That somehow makes it real. And that would mean an utter break in his family. Michael's parents are still pagans, burning incense at the local temple, offering burnt offerings to their dead ancestors. And for Michael to openly embrace Christianity would drive a wedge between himself and his parents. After all, when his parents die, it's supposed to be Michael's job to send them offerings in the afterlife and to take care of cleaning out their tomb. And if Michael's a Christian, who is going to take care of the parents after they die? And in much of Asia, particularly in the Chinese-speaking world, respect and fealty to the parents is everything. And so Michael, in deference to his parents, and to keep some sort of peace in his house, refuses to get baptized. He is living proof of the words that the Lord Jesus shares with us today, that there will be strife and conflict in even the most basic fundamental unit of society, which is the family parents against children, husbands against wives, and the like. And I have a sense that you also have likely seen similar things in your own circles. Friends, co-workers, even family members who have learned that you're a Christian, maybe have heard you proclaim the word of Jesus, and have put up walls to separate you from them. We don't want to hear that, they say. And if you're going to keep speaking that word of God, we don't want You. You're telling me that I can't live together with my girlfriend unless we get married? You're telling me that God made me a certain way and I can't choose my own gender? You're telling me that God sets the rules and expectations for my life? You're telling me that only Jesus leads to heaven? I can't be a good Muslim or Hindu? Well, then forget you. Do not think that I have come to bring peace, Jesus says, But a sword. The Lord Jesus warns us. Being a Christian doesn't necessarily lead to strife, but being a faithful Christian most certainly will. The Lord's word is in opposition to the world around us. It is foolishness to those who are perishing, it is death to self reliance. Therefore, the world around us fights against it with everything it has and fights against those who would dare to proclaim it. We should expect nothing less, no matter if you live on the other side of the world or right here in Indiana. The Lord Jesus has united himself to you in the waters of holy baptism. He has given you his white robe of righteousness, clothed with a glorious wedding garment. Of course the world sees you as part of Christ's body, And so they persecute you just as they persecuted him. They hate you just like they hate him. But here's the part that really bugs the world. None of that really matters. The Lord has united himself to you. He has taken on your human flesh. He has died your death and risen again in victory to give you the forgiveness and salvation that he has earned. And so when people persecute you and do all sorts of evil against you on his account, he takes that very seriously indeed. Whoever receives you, dear Christian, receives him. He has placed his very word into your ears and causes it to come out of your mouth. He has washed you clean in the waters of your baptism. He has removed your sin from you in his declaration of absolution. Yet again this morning, speaking to you through his called and ordained pastor here in this place. I forgive you all your sins, pastor said, when it was Jesus who was speaking this freedom to you. He has fed you with his very body and blood, the body that they crucified and the blood they caused him to shed at Calvary. And yet, Jesus lives. He lives and he gives to you again and again and again. He continually comes into your life in his living and active word, coming to meet you in this holy place to ensure that you know exactly where to find him. And he comes granting you forgiveness, peace, and even joy. The Lord Jesus, united to you for all eternity, has taken death and beaten it. He has turned it merely into a doorway so that you can be with him. He has taken the cross and beaten it, turning it into a symbol of his victory. And he even takes your suffering and persecution, setting limits for them so that nothing can threaten to take you away from him. And he turns that suffering Into something that only drives you closer to Him and makes you more reliant upon Him for all good things. The Lord Jesus is yours and you are His. The world? The world can rage all it wants to against you and against Him. They cannot change reality. Losing friends and family members is unspeakably difficult and heartbreaking. This is not the way that it's supposed to be, but it will happen. And when it does, we pray. We pray for them and for the Lord's word to continue to work in their lives. We continue to speak and proclaim with every opportunity we're given because we continue to love them even when they've cut us off. Compromise, in the end, helps no one. It's only Jesus and his word that make a difference that lasts unto eternity. We, as a family, continue to speak the truth to Michael in Taiwan and to so many others that are tempted that same way, just like you do for those people who are like him in your own lives. You see, there is no middle ground when it comes to Jesus and the Christian life. There is only the life that Jesus gives you as a gift one that is yours through the forgiveness of your sins. And that life comes with a sword, which sometimes means the loss of your relationships and earthly status. Clinging to faith in Jesus, my friends, especially when everything else is gone, well, that's when you discover that you have found true life for eternity. God, grant that for you, for those around you here, and for all of those in far-flung places like Asia, Because Jesus has saved you. He has called you and placed you exactly where he would have you. He has given you his living and life-changing active word. And he accompanies you on the roads of this world, uniting you with himself and with all of those around you whom he has called by his name. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will never be divided from you. What greater blessing and joy could there be than to be his herald of this great good news? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.